Hello, I'm Joyce. I'm June. And I'm Paula. We're the Kavanagh Sisters, and we'd like to welcome you to our series of Count Me In podcasts, where we continue to shine a light on childhood sexual abuse and its impacts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's been two years since our last podcast. Sounds like since my last confession. <laughs> I know. Why did we choose to take a step back two years ago? To protect ourselves, to get through the impacts of COVID. We took a break to look after ourselves because we knew all the things coming in with COVID were, was having an impact on us on a mental level. I also felt at the time, we were doing podcasts once a week and we know we work best when we're sitting physically in front of somebody. And when the COVID restriction came in and we had done a couple of podcasts over Zoom, it didn't feel as right as it does when you're sitting in front of somebody. Right in the early stages, we noticed how triggering the restrictions were to our abuse. I personally found at the time, I wasn't really understanding why I was being so triggered and why I was getting so angry and annoyed at the restrictions that were coming in. Because after all, it's a pandemic and people are trying to save other people's lives. Surely that wouldn't have annoyed me. But the reason why it annoyed me is because what the government did and the way they, they brought in all the restrictions was grooming. It was the same as was being groomed by the outlet, so that the one person would end up in control, which was the government. And I didn't like that. So that would So have... that actually triggered you? Yeah, hugely. Yeah. See, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd have even been aware. I knew something was happening. And, you know, even at the beginning, I would say to you, I was convinced myself because I was a lot more active. The weather was fabulous. We had a street party here every weekend. Everyone stayed at the hall door and played music. And I went for walks all the time. And I actually felt, oh, this is good. But I know when I went to a supermarket and I had to queue up outside, I would have easily committed murder, the effect it had on me. See, I didn't put that together. It is again about being told what you can and can't do. Because like you, I would have felt at the very beginning, I was trying to see what was the positives in everybody being locked in their homes? Because I felt there had to be some. So when you're seeing that nature was repairing itself because of the damage that humans do, uh, that's what I was pinning my hope on. At the very start, we knew there was something wrong. I remember thinking, God, this is so familiar. Everybody else was all singing on the same hymn sheet. The fact that I'm going around thinking, there's something wrong with me because I think differently than all those other people who are walking around. So where does the fault lie? Growing up, everybody else seemed perfectly fine but me. That feeling of being separate, as in I felt differently than the people who were around me, were thinking the lockdowns were a good thing, they were necessary. And the wearing the mask was a necessary thing. I didn't think or feel like that. And because I didn't think or feel like that, I felt that triggered how I felt as a child. It triggered me back into that feeling of, I'm on my own here, because nobody else is thinking the way I am. Everybody else seems perfectly fine, they're getting on with their life. I'm the only one that seems to have an issue with this. And the way I would have felt about the outfit growing up and thinking, you all seem to like him, I want to kill him. That is what got triggered by the COVID. Yeah, so the true. government took the place of the outfit and everybody around me who were, who were tearing to the, the rules and doing what they're supposed to do, to me took the part of the family and I was on the outside again. That's why COVID impacted me so much. So it just threw me straight back in and then I went through that process of blaming myself. I would have loved to feel the way other people did. I would have loved to just toe the line, 
do what everybody else is doing. I couldn't do it as a kid. I couldn't do it as an adult. I'd How long would you say we were into COVID before it dawned on you that it's triggering the past? Quite short. And the longer the time went on, I'd say in the fourth year, I wouldn't have been as aware as I would be now. In the second year, I was very aware of why I felt completely isolated. It wasn't about COVID. It was about what COVID represented to me. Oh, absolutely. And that brainwashing and that not being able to ask a question and only going to the source you're told to go to for information. All of that was like being in the house and, and God telling you what you could and couldn't believe, think, feel. At the start, I would have been trying to think of this is an opportunity we've been handed. There's something good happening here. My life didn't change that much. As in, all my kids live here. So I had seen them. I seen them regularly, they still called in. We had meals. I went for walks. After a while, I have to say, and it didn't take long, I was getting very fucking bored because it didn't feel right. And it felt like I was running, but I didn't even, then I didn't even look. What would I be running for? I didn't personalize it. It took me a long time to personalize it. Aye. And I was watching the news one night and this old woman is dying and our family are sitting outside the window. Oh God, just broke me fucking heart. I just couldn't believe that we'd let it get that bad. And you see, when you were looking at that thinking that's awful, I was looking at that and I was enraged. I was so enraged that we were allowing the government to let that happen. My fear, I, I was imagining if something happened to Christopher and I just thought, I'll sign away my life. I'm not allowing somebody that I love to die on their own. I just couldn't comprehend how they could allow that to happen. Yeah. There was one or two standout things that happened that just felt unforgivable, where they just crossed a line, like not being allowed to attend a funeral, not going in with your pregnant wife, elderly people having to die alone. That's part of the healing process, is the love and nurturing you receive from your friends and family, yeah. and you can't get access to any of that. Yeah. And I just felt like anybody that was abused had to be triggered by the impacts that COVID brought along. The level of fear and anxiety that just below the surface in your psychology all day, every day. Was all the self-hatred emerged because you were compliant. Our decision not to get vaccinated. Now, I was overwhelmed again at feeling on the outside feeling unacceptable, afraid to speak my truth that I felt for the longest time it wasn't safe to say that you didn't agree with what was going on because you knew it wasn't a general. Yeah. Yeah, and it just didn't feel safe. Yeah. So that was fearful. The exclusion, feeling that you no longer were part of the main group. It would have absolutely triggered back to the abuse where you had to keep quiet. You had to stay in the background. You weren't part of the important group or the group that had an, a voice or an opinion. So yeah, your choices were removed. And it's the first time, apart from being abused, it's the first time that I had to experience that level of fear and anxiety and powerlessness. The only thing about it is I think we have spent decades trying to explain to people what it's like to live in an environment where abuse is occurring and to live in that trauma day in, day out. Now I think people could be in a much better place because now they've all experienced what it's like living in a situation where somebody is controlling your your thoughts, your actions, where you go, who you go. Now I think people 
could be in a much better place to have empathy for people who, say for instance, battered women who don't leave their spouse. The judgments that were made before was, why did you just get up and leave your grown woman? Now I don't think it, it should be that easy for people to make such a dismissive comment. The vaccine part of it is huge because that was the bit that made you feel you weren't safe to speak your opinion because it wasn't a generally held opinion. That feeling of exclusion and the escalation of it and where it might lead to was frightening because you heard presidents announcing this is a war against the unvaccinated and I'm going to make it my life mission to make life yeah. as difficult as possible. Walking by restaurants with people sitting in it, knowing you can't do that. But the immediate fear was the loss of bodily autonomy, the shock that those idiots that are running our country actually could touch your life in a very personal way. I had never experienced that before. I grew up believing none of them could tell the truth. I never felt it so much in my own life. Yeah, well, I have to say now, I don't ever remember hating anyone. Even the outlet, I don't think I ever hated them. But oh my, my God. God. Well, I so did. I didn't feel it the way I feel it now when I listen to... Politicians yeah. avoiding answering questions. Yeah. That is a trigger. And I think a lot of victims in particular, especially over the last two years, would be able to say, actually, it's not them, they're useless, but that's not my issue. My issue is the compliance that have to go along don't speak your mind well the abuse you know you knew it was wrong you didn't want it you couldn't say it yeah and here we have with the yeah. covid we didn't believe it we did we thought it was wrong and we were afraid to say it triggers that were going off and a lot of them subconsciously but they culminated to create this dreadful sense of depression and anxiety yeah. and hopelessness what was the point in living that kind of feeling? The hardest thing I think with the whole thing was one, the role that the media have played, which is shocking. But the fact that nobody was allowed to give a balanced opinion or a different opinion. Follow the science. I just found that was really difficult. Why weren't we allowed to question it? That was the thing that wouldn't let me, it wouldn't rest with me. It didn't sit with me and I couldn't maintain And why, that in why... hindsight now, are there people not going, yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. Like, why couldn't we hear the other side of it? Yeah, true. Just as with our grooming, that was gradual. Yeah. That escalated. Fear involved in that, not knowing what was happening. There was so many parallels to what was happening with the pandemic and what happened with our childhood abuse. We're really representative of, of children who've been abused before the age of seven. Science shows the first seven years of their life their mental capacity is altered as a result of trauma and abuse. But at that young age, impacted us to such a degree that we have internal damage that we'd probably never uncover. But we are still in a healing process. There's still work to be done, probably till we die. And I'm okay with that because I no longer feel the depth of the damage that was done to us. I definitely feel we've uncovered and understand an awful lot more of it, but I understand enough to know there is more to be done. I feel the one thing I will come out the other end as a positive from COVID is I listened to my own gut. It's not right for me. Whatever's right for other people is fine, but for me it wasn't right, and I followed what wasn't right for me. Only in a conversation with somebody else who had the same opinion did you feel it was okay to say to what you really thought? The fear that was uh, instilled at the beginning. I don't know. Be it's it's to... like me at the start. I didn't connect the dots. Yeah. I was looking at 
everything there supposedly is an opportunity. So what's the opportunity coming to me? What am I supposed to do? Or how am I supposed to act? I didn't think about what was really happening. The thing that upset me more than anything was people turning against people. It was venomous. Yes. It was very venomous. The language being used, that's what I'm talking about. That was the fear because it was like, oh, well, you are all going to die. And you kind oh, of no, you're like, going to kill us. Yeah. yeah. I always felt, I don't care what you do. I really respect it. Yeah. And I expect the same, the same back. In return. Just like our abuse, it's not gone away and it's not going to go away for people. For some people, probably never. It saddens me that, that people are now terrified. Yeah. And that, I think, is sad. You and know. I've lost the ability to actually question anything. Yeah. Critical thinking. I'm not the brightest bulb. If I'm questioning it, I must be wrong. Because the general consensus is, has an, the opposite view. So I must be wrong. But as it went on, just like Paula, I couldn't change my direction because it just felt there was something not right about the information we were receiving. And my gut was screaming to me, this isn't right. The positive thing is... You've listened to your gut and you yeah. have acted on your gut feeling rather than running with the hair. What did the break do? Because we didn't just step back from the podcast. We stepped back from everything. And for me, it was such a shock to the system. I didn't know who I was anymore. That's the thing I think would come true for everybody because you have to question. It's like when we start growing, I start questioning, like, who am I? Because like, yeah. I was the mammy. I was minding you. It's our problem. I still feel the same way now. Or so what is she? No, but you didn't yeah. need me the same yeah. way. Yeah. You know, which was great. But it was still scary because yeah. I, I had to kind of rediscover myself. Yeah. Still working on that one there. But that kind of thing. And I felt through this process, I went straight back into the victim. Like, what's the point? I had nothing to offer to anybody. I had nothing else. Because I had made what we were doing everything. Yeah. Which isn't healthy either. No, but it's a very good thing to notice. What you've just expressed there shows great insight and awareness. And that in itself is the way out. Trying to get a balance in anything because we're all the same. We're all or nothing. I would say that I never regret stepping back. And still to this day, I felt I didn't realise the stress I was living under until we stopped. And I went, it was like, holy fuck, I'm not doing that again. Now, I didn't know I was doing it. I didn't know the level of stress I was carrying until I stopped. I can honestly tell you, I didn't feel it stressful. So now I think if we go back to do work, which I hope we are, it should be more... It'll be measured. It'll be... Balanced. Yeah. Well, I don't think I... Personally, I don't think I'm ever going to get balanced. But I do think I will be better than I've been before. Something about finding a purpose. Derek was saying the other night, he walked in and I was sitting watching telly, and he said, how's it going? I said, I'm getting bored now. I mean, this is ridiculous. He said, no, you never stop. But I said, I need to feel not moving for productive. the sake of moving. Yeah. Yeah, that something has been achieved. Yeah. I just need to feel productive. I need to feel I'm doing something. Yeah. For me, I was getting changing the bed just so I was like, learning to do tomorrow. And that's not productive. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like every one of us have worked every day of life yeah. from the minute we left school. And to be this free, because I haven't worked since now before Christmas. After a week, it's not funny anymore. Well, I actually lacked motivation. Throughout COVID, there would have been patches that I sunk really low. And like that, I felt, what's the point? Yeah. Like, what am I doing with my life? There's nothing to do. And, and Netflix has run out of films. Sometimes it was 
just doable, it was bearable, it was okay. Other times, it was like, oh yeah, I can manage this. It's, I mean, there's nothing really wrong. And then I'd hit a slump and it's yeah. like, kill me now. It's so, the waking you know. up in the morning and thinking, well, I've got to be arse getting out of bed. Yeah. And other mornings I get up and the sun is shining and then I feel, oh God, this is really nice now. But it's very hard to stay in that mood. I'm sure there is so much in the pandemic in relation to how it impacted us that we're not going to think of even. Yeah. Because we just did it. It reminded me of survival. That's exactly know, what it is. Because I felt... That is exactly you know, what it is. When we, we didn't live, that's we survived. Right, that's we it. existed and we survived. And this is not living. And I think that's where my resentment would come in because I just felt I had spent years trying to come out of survival. It just seemed like we had a lot going on and then all of a sudden it just stopped. Yeah. And that's why I felt like, in the back of my mind I was thinking, just dropping the podcast is very unprofessional. Like, Everybody else seems to be carrying on with their work and life as much as possible. And then I just thought it was like the abuse. It was like, no, I need all my energy to get through this. I wouldn't have the extra to be coming along and yeah, talking and about Hence that would bring up the school. Is it, that was it, exactly. It is. That's the feeling I keep yeah. getting and I couldn't even name it now. Yeah. But it is an existence, That's not it. a life. Yeah. And you didn't know the end date. And that was also like the abuse. You had no light in sight. No. The gas no. thing about it was... No, in fact, all you want to talk, it was going to escalate. It was going to get worse. It, it, that's yeah. where the fear yeah. escalated in it. And the anxiety levels. Yeah. That's why it got worse as it went on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, we knew and then we when they dropped them, I was even more lost because I didn't know what to do. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. What are they playing at now? What is this about? They've put us through this for two years and just decided overnight yeah. it's all gone. Yeah. That would also trigger in with the abuse and how it stopped for me anyway. There's so many ways that going through the pandemic would have triggered us and the impacts of the but abuse. But it is interesting when you focus on survival, how you lose a life. You yeah. actually are lost. You have nothing left, yeah. nothing extra to put into anything. No. You don't look any different. And nor did we. When they remove your lifelines, but they removed you being physically capable of standing in front of somebody. Talking on Zoom or on the phone is not the same. And I didn't even realise that was important to me until they took it away. It was, again, choices and your bodily autonomy. Like you said, the bit that was hardest was people turning against each other. Yeah. It was the fact that you had to deal with ordinary people that you lived with and were around and friends having that opinion that if you... If you needed to go and physically be in front of somebody, you were being selfish and how dare you and you don't care about anybody else. And it might help us as victims to see how the grooming works. Because we never, I know we wrote about it and yeah. I know on some level we understand it, but that's like the penny dropping, isn't yeah. it? Well, when you a, can physically see it. Yeah, because it's like that gas light. Yeah. And you don't know. It's slow yeah. and steady wins the race. Yeah. I'd love to say they didn't understand, but I heard so many people saying like the effect on people's mental health. Yeah. This is all the science that yeah. they knew and it didn't make any fucking difference. Yeah. And that's why when they stopped it, you're kind of going, what are they playing at now? And yeah. it is one of those things you'd be analysing for years to come. It'll be very like the journey we went on with our healing. It'll take as long as it fucking takes because we're not over yet. Well, you so see the way we're yet. saying, maybe now worldwide, people will have an opportunity to understand 
victim. What? Well, actually, I think that might work in reverse because I saw things I didn't believe would ever be possible. I saw the way they questioned how did to follow Hitler, why didn't yeah. he stand? See how it happened. Yeah. I do see how the incremental restrictions. The point I was trying to make us ha who have been groomed live through that process and you know, Came coming in and out of it. We should understand. Oh, People absolutely. are still afraid. Do, yeah. Should understand and should. better. I do feel I literally went back to being a child in the house because the society, community was the family yeah. and I was a child and the government were the father and I feel like I was playing that role way before I even realised what I was doing and why I was in it and why was I angry. Because I was trying to watch myself, where am I putting my energy because yeah. I haven't got any. I had to pull myself back, I didn't get into arguments with people. What gets you out of your side of it? What is it that you see? Well just because it worked before doesn't mean it'll work now, that's the only thing. If I was a glass... I haven't got enough to give you. I need it for me to get through the day. It was, honest to God, it was survival at a level I was never aware of before. Yeah. That's what I felt when I come yeah. through. It's not that you didn't do it. It's just now you can, you're can. Oh, aware I could see of it. it. I could absolutely see it. I really felt I haven't got to give. That particular trait is something that I... I would have had more access to that th than you. No, I never. Like you've always been, if somebody had a need around you, you would offer without blinking, without thinking. And if you hadn't got enough, you'd still offer what you had to somebody else. I measured everything. I had to go, do I need that? Have I got enough? If I give that away, will I be sorry? Can I, you know, I'd, yeah. ha I'd be doing all of the questions. And that was the trait that I carried through from having to cope with not feeling I have enough just to survive. I picked the things before, you could give, yes. Before I would have just done everything. Yeah. But I just couldn't. So, but you knew the things that you were capable of giving. Yeah. But I would have never noticed the give before yeah. as much. And also what I was taking from me. Yes. Just if you remember when we wrote the book and it was traumatic. Now, time to click, click when yes. we did that and we went through it and, you know, we joke and laugh and all that, but the real work was done when we had to share our story and yeah. we pull each other apart. And yeah. we didn't, like, we, we, didn't, <laughs> we didn't really do it with kindness, but we did it. And that's where I learned. That's where we all learned. Yeah. And we can only speak from our own experience. We are in recovery from the impacts of sexual abuse. That's still as evident today, although we certainly have come a long way. There are still traces of damage that affect our lives and our psychology. I suppose, really, we don't consider ourselves victims any longer, certainly not victims of our father. Thank you for listening. Hopefully some of the information we've shared will resonate with you and bring you to a place where you can have compassion for yourself Please know that no matter how you feel or how you respond to the abuse, it was normal. We're hopeful and optimistic that those in a position of power to bring about change will be moved into action so we can finally eradicate childhood sexual abuse. So please spread the word and share the information. The decision to heal from childhood sexual abuse places you on the most important journey of your life. You're in charge of this journey. 
Only you know what works for you and what doesn't. It takes as long as it takes because there's no rush in it and there's no fake in it. You have to feel it. And just as the ripple of pain that you're in goes out and impacts all of those around you, so does the healing. And the more you heal, the more everyone around you benefits from your healing. You've been listening to the Kavanagh Sisters podcast. You can contact us through Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email the Kavanagh Sisters at gmail.com.